the Scholars in Iron podcast. Now, I know they always say, when you go on the platform, you're you against you. All right, cool beans, but fuck that. You're also looking at what the competition is doing. And I just have this thing. Not everybody feel this way, but I don't like PRing in the gym. It's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it. Does it make a sound? Like if you PR in the gym, does it really count? Good morning and welcome to the Scholars in Iron podcast. I'm your host, Joe, coming to you from outside the nation's capital, right here in the DMV. The objective of Scholars in Iron is very straightforward. It's to associate strength training with intellectual endeavors. On the show, we'll examine the connection between capitalism and CrossFit, philosophy and powerlifting, all to raise some hell and even a few questions. By the end of each episode, we'll get one rep closer to living the phrase, civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Now come on, let's left. There's no passion quite like falling in love with a brand new sport. You're excited. You're zealous. So naturally, you want to seek out others who share this new fan activity with you, especially when you're lifting by yourself in front of a mirror. Dana's an impressive powerlifter from New Jersey, and she was also a state judge there for the USAPL. She's also a member of a unique group called The Sisters of Powerlifting, which you can find on Instagram. It's a collective dedicated to support and promote powerlifting among black and brown women. Their ranks are burgeoning across the country, with strongholds in New Jersey and New York. Last year, I came across an article Dana wrote for the Melanin Gang about her own experience finding her tribe in this sport that we all love. I got a chance to speak with her around the holidays about all things lifting and competition. I really want to go into Olympic lifting. I really did. I love to clean. I love to jerk. But I just feel like snatches is like a kitten sucking on a pit bull's nipple. It just wasn't natural for me to have that movement with my shoulder from the ground to overhead. So when I knew that that wasn't going to work for my body, I was like, well, I want to do something else. And powerlifting is just three movements. I want to pick things up and put them down. And I want to be strong. And with CrossFit, I got tired of running a mile, coming and doing 20 pull-ups, and then 30 squats, and then 20 snatches, and then 50 double-unders, five rounds of that. Like I just got tired of that. I just wanted to work on strength. And powerlifting was the yellow brick road for me. When I started powerlifting, I gravitated towards Kimberly Walford. As soon as I saw her, like she's a total badass. And a little, you know, connecting. She's a black woman. And I just migrated straight to her. And I think it was the USAPL World Nationals in Aurora, Colorado, out there and connected with her. And just stayed friends with her. And through her, I met a lot of amazing people. Not just black women, but a lot of cool people. And so I met a few women. Uh, Shireen, another girlfriend, Chelsea. And I connected with them. And Shireen, I believe, started Sisters Who Powerlift. And I told them, any way that I can help or participate, let me know. And Shireen needed an article And it was just about being a black person and finding your tribe within powerlifting. And granted, yes, being a black woman, I'm cool with everybody, but just trying to find that tribe of women that you could connect with. 
And so I spoke on that, that USAPL, and not just USAPL, be it RPS or WNPF, there's a lot of white men. And they're cool people, but people tend to gravitate towards people that look like them, that they can connect with. And so just being who I am and just always talking to people, I just always gravitated towards the sisters that I see. And over time, I just started meeting more sisters, brothers, my white brothers and sisters, my Hispanic brothers and sisters, but I just kind of connected with black powerlifters and we all stayed in touch. We all spoke about our grievances. We all talked about our aspirations. You know, if you need equipment, somebody may be able to donate it to you. If you need guidance or need a coach, you know, let one of us know, maybe one of us can help out. And it just grew into this community of upliftment, inspiration, and just sisterhood. Not all powerlifters compete on an individual level. There are teams. But it was interesting to note the particular role in which Sisters of Powerlifting played. Because it's not quite a team, since they're dispersed across the country and can't physically be there for each other's meets. But they're united by a sense of familiarity, of a certain comfort level, competing as black women. A feeling of being uncomfortable. You know, going into a meet, especially when you do your first meet and you're fairly new and you don't have a tribe or a group or a crew with you, you kind of feel alienated, you know, and you want that connection. You want that feel good. So the grievances of, you know, going to a meet, maybe someone did their first meet and there were no other people there that looked like them. You know, you still go in to do your fucking best, but it's just having that comfortability that you want when you go to a meet. And so with CrossFit, white male dominated, white period dominated, but with CrossFit, your gym is your crew, is your clique. With powerlifting, we all train in different places and you may not have a crew at your gym, but it may be friends or you may train alone or you may have a remote coach that's not there with you. So when you go to these meets and you don't have your crew, you kind of look for people that look like you. So. I mean, it, it is what it is. See, I'm different. Like, I'll go up and talk to anybody. So it doesn't really bother me. But there are some people who are introverted that don't really have that luxury of just going up, talking to people. I'm always curious about what everyone's first meet was like. Because they all seem to have their own flavor or character. And Dana certainly did. We also spoke about the different federations, her training, and her competitive mindset that she brings. WNPF, I'll never forget. It was a snowstorm that day. It was in a hotel in Bordentown, New Jersey. And being at WNPF, that's where I first met Andrea White, who I freaking love. It was awesome. It was diverse. I will say WNPF was some diverse shit. It was awesome. It was a fun time. I think WNPF was a good federation to start off at. Definitely like getting the bearings, knowing the calls. It was fun. I had a good time. But I'm different though. Like I'll talk to anybody. I'll make a, I'll have a good time at a funeral. So it's like, it was a good time. WNPF for my first meet was really good. Now I know they always say, when you go on the platform, yours, you against you. All right, cool beans, but fuck that. You're also looking at what the competition is doing. And you want a place. You want to do your best. So I think for me, competing was taking my training to the next level. And I just have this thing. Not everybody feel this way, but I don't like PRing in the gym. It's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it. 
Does it make a sound? Like if you PR in the gym, does it really count? Okay, yeah, it does count, but like it's not documented. So I just felt for me, competition was taking my training to the next level. Let's, you put in the work. All right, now let's see what you can do. Let's see how you level up against the local playing field. And then when you get to nationals, let's see how you level up against the national playing field. Now, I will say this. I was, let me see, we started in 2013. I think I did USAPL Raw Nationals. Was it 2014, babe? In uh, Aurora? 2014. 2014, yeah. Okay, I will say that was a great experience, just taking it to the national level. However, looking at it now, and this was the USAPL Federation. I haven't done nationals in any other federation. It was like a free-for-all. It was like everybody named Mama and the Plumber and everybody was doing nationals, where nationals should be the platform for your best. In the state, it should be the best competing, and I love the fact that they raised the totals for making it to nationals because it shouldn't be for everybody, it should be for kind of like the best of the best. So, I did nationals 2014, 2015, and 2016. That was freaking amazing because you are seeing some of the best of the best in the country. And so my best one was 2016, and I'm happy to say I did Masters, and I got to second place. Leah, shout out to you, because she made first place. She was supposed to be in another weight class, so she kind of came in my weight class, and she got first. Damn you, Leah, but I love you, girl. But on the national level, that was dope. And then we were invited to do an IPF meet in St. Croix. That was also dope, where it was North American competitors. So you had, I think, was United States. You had the Virgin Islands. And Canada was involved. So that was kind of nice on a continental level. So I would say that was like my highest competition range. So yeah, nationals and then the continental level. That was awesome. And Dana's favorite lift? Deadlift. Shit, that's the party right there. See, squats get you nervous, you know. It gets your GI track all messed up. You're nervous. That's why they make it the first lift. The squat is the most mentally fucking mess with your mental. Bench, it is what it is. Uh-uh. Down, up. All right, cool. But deadlift, pick things up and put it down. That's all you got to do. In USAPL, there is one call down in deadlift. Deadlift is my best freaking lift if y'all don't like deadlifts y'all need to get into it get into it deadlifts is the best lift i need to do a twerk after a deadlift that's my thing <laughs> little twerk after work dana also spoke about what it means to have raw strength and how she competes with minimal gear in powerlifting it's weird how i feel about like the knee sleeves and everything like i must be the only powerlifter that doesn't use sbd sleeves right now why because i don't want that extra edge like when i do a squat like i wanted to say it's me but when i do compete ain't this some shit i'll wear some sbd sleeves to get that edge okay but when i train i use reband i've got reband from crossfitting days like we used to do uh strength training slight strength training and crossfitting i use reband sleeves but i just like raw strength like you know hardly a belt Hardly any knee sleeves, just that raw strength but to compete i totally understand getting that edge everybody wears sbd Everybody. And lastly, powerlifting, like weightlifting, is a strength sport. And it seems to me that in American culture, the perception of what it means to be fit or strong usually defaults to low body fat percentages or the perception of looking like a bodybuilder. And for women, the hyper-focus on their bodies and their supposed ideal is something which Dana also drew upon, giving some advice to women who seek out the barbell. If you want to lift weights, 
Don't let anybody tell you that it's a masculine thing if you're a woman. Weights are your best friend, ladies. Trust me when I tell you. You start doing bench, you get them pec muscles going, your breasts sit up, you ain't gotta buy a push-up bra. You do those squats, your booty get nice and tight. Pick a cherry up by its stem. I would say start doing what makes you happy despite family and friends being naysayers because at the end of the day, when you close your eyes and you're alone with your thoughts, try not to have any regrets. So now the time, new year, do what makes you happy. And that goes for you too, boo. I'm trying. Do what makes you happy because this, this roller coaster thing we call life is short. Give the devil a run for its money. I just want to thank Dana Singleton Kaplan and Jason Kaplan for an awesome time and talk. Music by Robert Slump. For Scholars in Iron, this is Joe, signing off.